I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of this episode of Move. Jamie, are you ready? Dude, I'm always ready. I'm strapped in. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be inspired, which is our word that we love to use. Let's do this. Part two of Move. Not many people have that confidence. You always had this sort of, I suppose, drive within you. You're like, I can do that. I'm just going to do it. Why not? I'll, I'll go to London. I think it's I'll also the kind of um, like naivety of it as well. Not knowing yeah. how big a deal it is. You're like, yeah, sounds amazing. Sounds but exciting. Let's go for it. I'm actually not, even though I kind of come across as like a very uh, confident person, like there's times where I'm really not very confident and I feel really anxiety like driven yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy like sometimes I really doubt myself but I think the naivety of it all like I not been in London that long I was loving my job I was going out with my mates I was studying at university I got this opportunity to meet this really nice girl it was just all fun and games it was you know I didn't really understand the scale yeah, yeah. of of kind of what what I think it's the same as when Jamie and I started Candy Kittens we'd have like a meet we had I remember our first meeting with Harvey Nichols and when Harvey Nichols called me on my mobile, sat at home in Kefili, South Wales one day, and the phone rings, it's like, hello, hello, it's blah, blah, from uh, Harvey Nichols. And I was like, okay, hi, how are you? <laughs> Whereas now if someone calls the office, a big retailer calls, we're all like, shit, Tesco on the phone, we've got Tesco. Yeah. You're like, Whereas now hold, hold like, the line, yeah, but yeah, someone's yeah, sat next to you, yeah, yeah, shit, yeah, what do we do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas then we just went, we just turned up, had a meeting with Harvey Nichols and just, but, but I know, think, it was no big deal. Yeah, but I think, you know, this is what... Uh, You've got less to, less to lo- lose yeah, when to you're lose. young. This is exactly, and this is the biggest thing with startups or anything. And this is, uh, you know, the, I always say the best thing about, uh, the biggest advantage a startup business has against a sort of established one is they are able to adapt and change. Mm. They can change within seconds. You know, if we look at our brand Candy Kins, we turn vegan within the space of three months. You know, if you look at Round Trees or Maynard, yeah. they won't be able to do that change the whole business model but I think also the naivety of um, being young and being that free and being able to make those mistakes and do those challenges are the best thing in the world and I honestly believe that uh, you know but going into the TV world you had no real experience no. but in fact having no experience actually gives you an advantage over everyone else because you haven't been learned you haven't been taught to be a certain way you're just being you yeah. and in fact being you is what makes you successful is that that's what you get you so far mm. where a lot of people go into different situations and they go well I have to act this way because this is what I've been told to do and blah, blah, blah. and sometimes yeah. that's a negative rather than a positive yeah I think who are your kind of like heroes you have kind of people in TV that you were like when you started I'm going to be them I um I, I really love Sarah Cox yeah I think she's brilliant I think she's oh, such a fantastic storyteller she makes me laugh on the radio um 
Claudia Winkleman because she is just She's great. brilliant. Um, Emma Willis, I've always really, really admired. Fern, I love Fern. Um, I, yeah, I just, I'm kind of love all the women that support the women, seem to be quite easygoing, manage to kind of have a family and lots of other projects going on. I think I've never wanted to put my eggs in one basket. It goes back to kind of having that one desk and mm-hmm. coming to work at that same time every day. Um, I've always wanted to do lots of different things that kind of, made one jigsaw rather than just have one piece. But then but then you were saying so you went to so you went to this audition mm. and you did the audition. Yeah. And what happened after that? Well I got the job and they called me and they were like, You've you got we sent other people from the agency and, and you've got the job. So they didn't really have a choice. They kind of had to take me on. They had to manage the situation. And what was that job for? Which one was it? It was um a, it was a, a music show that we did in an ice cream van for Sony. It's really good fun. I loved it. I, I, I did the job with this amazing guy called Tom and he was hilarious. Um and it, yeah, and then that was when I kind of got a bit of the bug, I guess, kind of meeting other people in television. There's a real, you know what it's like, there's a real buzz around telly. It's really fun to be on yeah, set. It's really brilliant. Is. And um, yeah, I got that little like, oh, this is nice. This is fun. Um, and then I, yeah, I just kind of went from there. I was still working at Shoreditch House and still doing some uni stuff, but that's when it first started. But you then started to just start booking loads of different jobs. You were, you were, you were sort of just slowly just cruising up and just being this sort of established presenter that you are today. And... And yeah, but I'm not that established. Like, I think still... you are. I think you are. And I, and I think it's just probably because um, because you, you're not, I think, because you're not, you haven't hosted X Factor final, whatever, then mm. that, but I don't think that's right. I, don't, I think you definitely are a completely established presenter. I just think you probably, like lots of people, have such a kind of pressure on your shoulders in, in order to be a certain place. And if you're not then, I don't think any of us within this room will be happy at whatever situation we're at. Because if you probably said to yourself, I don't know, when you first started out that you would be hosting an ITV2 show or doing something like that, you'd be like, no way. But once you do that, mm. you probably go, well, what's the next thing? Yeah. What's the next thing? I think it's definitely changed me over the last few years. I used to see my career as very much a pyramid. And at the top of the pyramid was the job. So the job was an entertainment show, a Saturday night, shiny floor. And that was a thing that I was really gunning towards. That's the job I want. When I've got that job, I've made it, whatever that means. And actually, as Exactly, I, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? Like it's, Success is subjective, I think. It, different, it means different things to different people. But I think that the pyramid is kind of flattened a little bit. And now it's about ha- making myself into a business. So... It's a long game for me. It's always been the long game. I've never been, I've never been that person that is ag- aggressively ambitious. Which sometimes that's to my detriment because I've lost jobs by not being the person in the room that goes and speaks to the most important person. But I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Like, See, I don't know if that's true. Not saying that you're ambitious. Not saying that you don't don't talk to the right person. But I'm not aggressively ambitious. No, though. you're not. You're not aggressively ambitious in any way. But I think you are incredibly ambitious mm. and. Uh, I think there's a difference between what you're saying, yeah, when you go and you go straight up to the person in the room and go, hey, hey, what's up, I'm Laura Jackson, hi. Mm. You're not that at all. Mm. Um, but you are driven. Yeah. That, and you can see that from this sort of it's interesting that's gone throughout. Word business. So you actually kind of think of this thing that you're doing as kind of 
a money maker and it's like eyes on the prize that way or is it for different reasons I think I think of everything that I'm doing as a business now that's the way I think about it and everything that I do feeds into this business (coughs) and not like oh I'm a brand but I do feel like because of the way that the landscape is and with Instagram and social media and all the different things that we do that feed into our business it's that's just how how it is. And I think that you kind of have to think... I never used to take things very seriously. And I do now. I do take things that I do quite seriously. And I do a lot of things. I, I still do loads of things for mates for free, like just for a bit of fun and whatever. But anything that's kind of... A bit more yeah, commercial. You have to you have to be a bit more kind of yeah. Sort is of that straight. right for me? Yeah, and I and I and I, I think and that's what's interesting about you because you're you you're very careful who you work with and what you do, which I think is super important. Mm. But I suppose you know if lots of people will be listening to this who want to get into the world of television. Yeah, and you know I you know I and I'm I put my hands up and said I found a very sort of easy route into this amazing world. I was given a. TV show and it was a very popular TV show and I, but I worked hard off the back mm. of it, right? But you started from the ground upwards. You you weren't a name. You weren't, and you went into this and built your way up. And I didn't know anybody. Nobody. Yeah, you're a girl from Huddersfield. You knew you knew no one. And everything in TV, well, especially then, was very much southern. Everything was London based. and yeah. Everything was happening out there. What piece of advice would you give to someone who wants to try and get into this world of television now? I think just making yourself available. Being approachable, being kind, hardworking and available. And I think that never turning down any opportunities, even if you think that they're not right for you right now. I think just meeting people, even if you think, oh, well, Sam works in construction. What's that got to do with what I want to do with? Well, I think just you need to try everything. Um, I've I've done so many jobs. I mean, God, I even worked at this um, air conditioning unit. That was a real... Real highlight. What did you do there? <laughs> but I literally, I think I just folded pieces of paper and made tea. What was I thinking? Yeah, but the thing is, what you're, you're I'm not saying that you should do if you want to work in TV, yeah. go work for an air conditioning unit. No, but what you are saying is you're putting yourself in situations where you are basically saying you're sort of a yes person. Where yeah. You're putting yourself in situations where you'll come across individuals, mm. and I think probably what was key for you is that you know my sister's uh, an actor, and uh, she. You know, sometimes, you know, she finds it tricky and hard. And I say, well, why don't you go and go to these different places and, and you sort of sit and you meet different people? And I think your probably biggest success was taking that job at Shoreditch House yeah. and chatting to people within the industry and then doing that. And anyone can do that. I'm not saying anyone get a job at Shoreditch House, mm-hmm. but anyone can put themselves in those situations. But the things you mentioned, be kind, be not, you know, Completely. be positive, work yeah. hard. Those, those are things that genuinely... Anyone can do. Do you know what? I was listening to this amazing podcast called How to Fail. Have you listened to that? I've, I've listened yeah. to a few, yeah, yeah. With Phoebe Vollerbridge. And she was saying that um, she went to see her boyfriend in a play. And after the play had finished, they all went for drinks. And she ended up chatting to, I think, the girl that either wrote it or starred in it with him. Anyway, she just thought, oh, I'll just go for a drink, start chatting to this girl. And now this girl and her are like best friends. They wrote Fleabag together. They the the tour, yeah. um, live tour and the um, TV show. And I just think it's just such an easy little story, but it just goes to show you never know where you're gonna, when you're going to meet someone that's going to change your life. And so true. I'm all, this sounds really like hippie, but I'm all about energies and meeting Completely. people that kind of like reaffirm you or that just make you feel like powerful and I just love meeting people and I love 
like making friends. I'm real sad I like that. I'll go for dinner no, no, with I'm anyone. Exactly the same. <laughs> I, no, no, that's that's an amazing. And I think that is the the biggest piece of advice I personally would give to someone else is that go and meet people. You know, we are so focused now when looking down at our phones and being on social media and we don't communicate with one another. But the way I, you know, the way I personally gain knowledge, same as you and same as you Ed, is that we communicate and, yeah. we, and we talk to people and talking to people gets you different places. Definitely. And the biggest, I mean, our biggest achievements probably so far have been in times where you least expect it. You yeah. bump into this guy and you talk about something and you're like, just got to tell another person about candy kittens and you just and you just go for it and actually then it turns into something that you just never could have imagined but meeting people I think and being truthful yeah. rather than meeting people and being fake I my biggest lesson in life which I still have to go through probably once a week is finding out that people aren't the same as me and I get really hurt and I take it really personally so I I hate when people are like, oh my God, let's go for dinner, let's go for dinner, let's have coffee, let's have coffee, and then you arrange dates with them and they keep cancelling. That really annoys me because I wouldn't do that. I think that that's not very genuine. So do meet as many people as possible, but be genuine with it. Like if you are interested and you want to meet them for coffee you know do do that and just be truthful about it i think that in london there are so many people and everybody wants to do different bits and pieces and social climb and whatever but i think you've just got to be you've got to be truthful and stay friendly to you otherwise you get caught out and but also hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. But the interesting thing about you is that you said that, and we go back to that initial thing, I didn't want to be the person eating my sandwich at my desk mm. doing this. And you certainly haven't done that because you've gone on to, you founded Supper Club yeah. uh, with Alice Levine, yeah. um, who's a great friend of yours. Uh, you have a collection at Habitat from the back of that. You're working with brands like Nespresso mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So you've turned your, you turned, you know, your whole self into kind of this sort of business mogul at the moment where you're just doing different things Mm. um how did you find starting supper club was it difficult to you or did it come naturally it kind of came naturally because um alice and i both really like like and liked food when we met and that was the thing that really bonded us together and i think that we were working are working in it. She's a presenter as well. Yeah, she's a um, broadcaster. My dad wrote a porno, Radio One. Um, she hosted The Circle last year. Um, we were, you know, at Time in Television, which is still the same, it's very male 
dominated. Sorry, it is. It is. No, it, can, it is. It is. And it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. And, Do you think um, that's from on the screen or behind the scenes? Front and back. Really? Yeah. And, and you, and just quickly while we're on this point, you openly talked about how you, you were paid, uh, your co-host, yeah. who was a guy, was paid double the amount you were being paid, even though you're doing the same hours, the same thing, the same job, everything. Yeah. And that must have been pretty tough to discover that. Um, I don't think I really, at the time, understood um, the significance of that. I do now, and it wouldn't happen now. But but why at that time? Because you just succumbed to it. You're like, okay, whatever, it's fine. I just put, let it pass. By. I wasn't knowledgeable enough. I wasn't smart enough. I, didn't, it, I didn't realise it, it was a thing. Is it not going to happen now because... Because I, you're aware of it. You're smartened up to it, yeah. Yeah, I'm aware of it, and I think that the industry is more aware of it. I think it's definitely um, more of a discussion now, even if it's the, even if there's a reason why. Like when I do take when I did take me out with Mark Wright, I don't expect to get the same wage as Mark Wright. Sure. He is um, very big on social media. He can bring an audience with him. Um, that is that's different. But when you when I worked with somebody who was ex- at the same level as me, doing the same hours, um, same social following, that. I I look back and think that was really wrong, but I didn't have a voice. I didn't have an opinion and I didn't have an informed opinion um, then. And possibly I could be wrong. Perhaps you, and if I am wrong, perhaps you didn't have the confidence to speak out then. Yeah, probably. But I I didn't really know how to go about it. I think it's called favoured nations when you get paid the same as a man in telly. Um, I didn't know about favoured nations then. I was just young. I was young. And I think... Um, what, what is favoured nations? Favoured nations is where you get paid the same. So that's just what they call it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I just didn't. I just didn't know. I, I just didn't know. But then, okay, we touched on supper club as well. So what is supper club that you do with Alice Levine? So Alice and I started um, because we both really liked food. We had no control over any job in television. So you'd go and meet people, but you couldn't say to them, like, come on, give me this job. Um, So it it was completely out of our control. So we decided that we wanted to do something that was Alice and I having fun. We had the creative control. We could do as much or as little as we wanted to. And we really wanted to write about food. We loved reading restaurant reviews, um, A. Gill and Grace Dent, but we felt that it was kind of aimed towards uh, an older audience that had more of a, a higher income. And we wanted to do something that was for people like us in London who were looking for a deal. So we wanted to write about lunch deals in London. We didn't have a journalistic background or a food background, so we were starting <laughs> from scratch. Well, we can do this. Um, and we thought, well, if we're going to write about food, we need to kind of be involved in food. So we, st- we thought we'd just start a supper club. I mean, literally over lunch one day, let's just start a supper club. We don't really know what it is. Let's just invite some people around to my house for dinner and charge them get my boyfriend to wash up Bob's your uncle Fanny's your aunt there you go it's like Airbnb but for for food literally Um, and again we just went into it so naive we were like well why can't we do it what's the worst that could happen what's the worst that could happen But, but again that's the kind of sort of unique and just sort of amazing way that things can happen like that, that mm. you, can just, you can if you put your mind to it you can just go and do it why can't you who's totally gonna, who's going to tell you no so you started charging people and it started to work when did you suddenly realise hang on a second we've actually found something that actually works um, I actually remember the first night Alice washing up going oh man if this never works again well, we don't do it ever again 
I've had a really good time with you. And I was like, yeah, it's been so fun. We've met some really interesting people. So were these the first people that came around were just, did you know them? Or? Well, yeah, they were kind of, they were friends and friends of friends. Right, okay. But some people didn't know each other. Yeah. And that was the beauty of it, actually. We were washing up and Alice was like, if we never do this again, at least it was really fun. And I was like, yeah, it was really great. I would really like to do it again. And then we kind of opened it up on Instagram to people that we didn't know. And it's kind of just snowballed. And I think that the point where we were like, this, this is a bit of a thing, isn't it? Was when brands started coming to us and said, oh, we had um, Sarah from the office at one of your supper clubs and she said it was amazing. It was really fun, really wild, really loved the food. And she met some great people. Can you do that for our brand? We were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, show me the money. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I was like, I'll just put you through. <laughs> Alice, it's for you. Um, are you are you really conscious of who you work with and what brands you work with? We weren't at that point, no, because we were just having a good time. And I think that sometimes the sometimes the best ideas come from having no plan of attack at all. We never thought we were going to write a cookbook. We never thought that we were going to have two ranges with Habitat that would Amazing. sell out in like hours. Yeah, it's awesome. We we didn't we didn't realize any of these things, and I think we were just having a really good time. And people saw our passion and our energy, and they wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, I completely agree with. And you. where does that go next? What's kind of the future for? Well, at the moment, we've kind of um, rested the brand because mm-hmm. we've been so busy, and it got really big. Well, you know, yeah. it's it it was a business in its own right. Sure, but and, and sometimes what happens is that starts to get away from you, right? Where, you know, and I'm very honest with this to about everyone. You know, I'm very lucky when it comes to Candy Kittens. Ed and I started it seven years ago, but because of my schedule and what I do, it's impossible for me to run it day to day. Ed is MD; he's managing director. He runs it from day to day, and I suppose with it must be hard for you and Alice because you guys. Are doing so many different things when it becomes a business a proper business it's quite hard to run absolutely well it's like having two of you rather than having one md and it it, it kind of we really really love you can only ever have kind of one person i think in charge and making decisions and it has to come down to one person because otherwise things kind of well, Alice and I are so um, we're alike and very different. So we kind of complement each other because she sees things very differently differently to I do, and yeah. vice versa. Um, but yeah, I think we just had we had a really great time, and it was really fun. So we just decided to rest it while we're on a high, um, and then I'm gonna do something else on my own which I'm starting at the moment I've always got itchy feet so you're right I, I have like a day where I, I'm like oh, what should I do and then I, I you know and then I make a mood board and then I'm like I'm going to start a business then I create an Instagram Jeez. and then I'm <laughs> and I suppose Roy, that leads us on to our last question if you had to start a new business today what would that be I think I've to- told you about this before um this is a bit of an odd one um I just keep saying um I've told you about this before, Jamie. It's a really good one. It would be nursing homes. Nursing homes? Yeah. I feel like the care that we provide for the elderly in this country is terrible. We're doing nurseries with organic food that have to have memberships and have pools and fluffy toys. But we're putting our elders in homes which are run by the NHS and not very well equipped. And I think that we should be looking after these incredible people who have paved the way for us. I mean... Women can now vote and all of these incredible things are happening because of people that came before us and I think that we should be looking after them. Basically, Shoreditch House, Soho House for all people. Nice. I love that. So good. Laura Jackson, you are a superstar. You are inspirational. Thank you so much for <laughs> coming you, on Laura. the podcast today. Thank you. You are great. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. 
Ed, when we started this podcast, we said at the very beginning that, and I think it's in one of our sort of details, where we want to speak to people who are athletes, artists, musicians, founders, businessmen, all different people from all different areas, more different walks of life. And that's why having Laura on the podcast is so perfect, because she is someone who is from a completely different scenario you know she was a presenter she's now started a business she's now gone on to doing podcasts and all different things and what's great about Laura is her passion and her desire to achieve what she wants to achieve she doesn't listen to the noise she doesn't listen to the rejections she just keeps going and going and going and I love that desire to achieve I think it's right I think she sticks to what she wants and and she knows what she wants which I think is really important you know she is definitely a force to be reckoned with and and that is coming through in everything that she works on she has a very very clear vision um and she doesn't let anybody pull her away from that and also you know people get knockbacks every single person in life and uh, you always get knockbacks and i think that that overnight success is actually quite a hard thing because when you get the overnight success sometimes you don't feel like you've earned it you know you get the youtubers the tiktok people the presenters the people who go on reality shows yeah. like, you get that <laughs> we know o- a few of them yeah you get that <laughs> overnight success and sometimes that doesn't give you the work ethic that you need laura didn't have overnight success she grinded it she she went for it for for years until she reached where she wanted to get to and that just it just shows that things don't happen that quickly you really need to work hard to to receive the rewards absolutely slightly different one for us today but i thoroughly enjoyed it thank you so much laura Thank you so much for listening. Honestly, it really does mean a huge amount. And we also hope today's podcast has inspired you to move towards your dream or passion. Now, if you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a comment. And if you'd like to get in touch, please email us at move at moveclub.co.uk or follow us on Instagram at moveclub. Until next time, this is Move. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com